Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. Orsini's uncensored mind. Was that too much? My too? Okay. Let's bring that back here. We are your host of Orsini's uncensored mind. I'm AJ Orsini once again, sitting with Deceived Dave. Mm, mm-hmm. Indubitably. <laughs> Indubitably, yes. Uh, so we are here with episode 199. Whoa, that was a little racist, but I'll let you slide. (laughs) First of all, that's from the television series. The comedy, (laughs) of course, written by Andy Samberg, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, yeah, you've been been telling me to watch that. Bruh, I gave up on that. You're either going to watch it or you're not. I I want to watch it. I just haven't got a chance to watch it. All right. Gotta get in the mood. Skip it. Go right to Letterkenny now. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Speaking of which... I want to let everybody know that the picture I sent out on Instagram was 100% true. Your boy has got his tickets. He's headed to Letterkenny Live at the Theater of Madison Square Garden, February 10th. Now, I know you're thinking, oh, my God, AJ, you spent a bunch of money on tickets four days before Valentine's Day. That's not very romantic. She's the one who told me to buy them. So we going. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why you married her. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's going to be an absolutely fun time. But, yeah, Letter Kenny, pitter-patter, get on. They, they got you quick, didn't they, man? They I've, wheeled you right I've never in. been as big of a fan as fast as I have become a fan of a series it's my entire insane. life. It's insane. I didn't even know they would have something live, <laughs> and you're going to watch it. <laughs> I, the, I got hooked to this show on a compilation on YouTube, and I said I got to try it. And you said it's on Netflix? It's on Hulu. It's on and Hulu. I watched... Oh, I think I have Hulu. I went to Hulu to find out more about it. And when I turned it on, and I was like, well, how many episodes are we talking about here? What kind of conv- a, what kind of a commitment am I making here? And I went to it, and it was nine seasons. And I went, wow, I don't know if I have... But then I looked at the seasons. It's eight episodes, ten episodes. I was like, all right, so we're not we're not talking about, like, 25. Diatrobs here, like like 200, 300 episodes. It's like maybe at most 90 episodes. I got the summer. I could binge that. Dude, I did all nine seasons in like a week. I couldn't stop. I was in the car listening to it. I, I, I was 
I was uh, uh, at night. Steph would go to sleep, and I'd put it back on again. And I'm up for another two hours just listening to this shit, watching it on your phone. <laughs> Tr- yeah, trying not to laugh to the point where you ever been in bed with someone and you're laughing, but you're trying not to be be loud, but your body still vibrates. <laughs> like I'm I'm laughing physically, no, so my I know body. Exactly what you're yeah, about. so I'm vibrating, and but I'm not making a sound. So Steph, at one point, would just lean over. Could you not? Yeah, my wife's a really light sleeper, so I don't fucking wake her up. Mine's is heavy. I'm just fat, so when I move, it's a little bit more seismic than your actual. No, I understand. That makes sense. That makes sense. But yeah, my wife and my son are basically bricks. Once they, you you can't make a noise during the process of attempting to sleep. But once they're down, I mean, anything short of a car crashing in through the window, they're pretty much out. I can't even step on the creaky part of the floor without waking her up. You got to put like little X marks on the floor. Yeah, I got to tape everything out. <laughs> I got to map my route. What is the quietest way to the fridge? Dude, it's insane. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't even breathe heavy. I can't even fat breathe at my computer. I can't fucking neck beard breathe at my goddamn computer without waking her up. He said I can't fat guy breathe at my computer without waking her up. She's is your computer in the same room as the bed? Are, are you? Uh, no. So she can hear you from I, the other I room. Did that, I didn't know. Well, usually, usually she'll fall asleep on the couch. Oh, okay. like if I'm out here, she'll sleep on the couch most of the time. Most of the time, but she will go in the room and then, but that's even worse because then I just assume I'm safe. So I'll start talking to my friends and we'll start screaming and laughing and I hear the door whip open. I'm like, fuck. (laughs) So whatever, man, it works. Yeah. She gets stuff gets mad because I'll, she'll be in the living room. uh, No, excuse me. She'll be in her room. I'll be in the living room. My son will be in bed and I'll, if I'm in the living room, let's say I'm on the Xbox and I'm talking all kinds of shit. Right, I'm talking, and usually when I'm if I'm on the Xbox and I'm online talking to someone, chances are I'm hammered or inebriated in another sense. So my volume, the more excited I get, the higher my volume goes. So I know when she comes through, and she hates when I do this, but I do it every time because it's fun. She comes to the living room and she just looks at me, and I go on the heads and I go, "Uh oh, she's up, guys. Time to go to bed." <laughs> she's like, I don't appreciate that you keep telling them that every time I come over here, it's time for bed. And I'm like, like is you it, don't even know these guys. Is, is it time for bed when you get out there? Not the point. I don't want you telling them. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, no, it's, it, no. She knows who these people are. Right. Oh, oh she knows okay. who they so are. With yeah, she's seen like them. That, she's yeah. met them. She's hung out with them. We haven't seen uh, them in a while due to the whole whatever, whatever. But gotcha. yeah, she knows who they are. That's why she doesn't want me saying it. Because she's like, yo, I don't want them to feel like, okay, but you do. <laughs> yeah, right? What is every it? woman what? will tell you that. I don't yeah, want you to choose between your friends, but you do. I don't, I don't want you to tell your friends that I'm mean. Yo, uh-huh. I told my wife, yo, you're mean all the time. Yeah. I was like, she, the other day she was like, yo, I'm like 40% mean, 60% nice. I said, God damn, you are generous for a percentage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very giving in, in, in that direction. Yeah. You are very giving. They, they want you to, that's the key to it, folks. They want you to figure it out on your own. It's, you got to figure it out. They right? want you to do it this way. They just don't want you to make them feel like they are making you do it this way. It has to be of your own volition. That's exactly. why they won't say it. They'll just fucking stare at you until you figure it out. And that's then if it. you don't figure it out, that's when problems fucking arise. 
<laughs> That's why she doesn't want me saying it out loud. They know it's time to go to bed. I know it's time to go to bed. She just she doesn't. Knows. She knows. She just doesn't want it discussed amongst the group. Like, That's I don't, it. I don't want it in the air. Yeah. Everyone knows. Let's fucking move on. Yeah, everyone is on the same page here. Let's just come on, hop to it. Let's go, oh, pitter patter. Let's get actually, on that. I actually have tears in my eyes. <laughs> oh, my suit came in. My Dude. suit came in. I'm excited. I got a brand new suit. For August 20th and 21st, GSW, I can't wait. Straight oh. straight black with the white shirt, but I got orange on the tie for the company colors. Okay. And I'm Look debating I'm debating between cocksucking yeah, company I know. colors. <laughs> well, when they pay daddy good, they get the good service. That's hey, all that man, that's it. You you pay you get what you pay for, folks. Because I've gotten two offers recently from people who are like, would you like to do commentary for us? And I'm like, sure. How much are you? Well, right now we're kind of, okay, never mind. Nope, nope never mind. No, I'm good. Never mind. Hit me when you're ready, buddy. Yeah, never mind. I tell people all the time, if you ask somebody for a price and they don't give you a fucking number on the price, they hit you with that paragraph, I'm not reading the paragraph. Because I don't see any fucking numbers in the paragraph. So there's a build up for nothing here. That or I don't like when people are like, well, what do you think? Yeah. No, you're oh, no, no, no. I, I give them a straight answer when they give me that. When they go, oh, yeah, well, oh, yeah, that? yeah, yeah. When they go, well, what do you, you know, what, uh, $500. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay, so do you want to come back to planet Earth and make an offer, or do you want me to keep, because if you're going to let me pick my own price, motherfucker, I'm going high. Right. I, I, I want $1,000, and I need you to send a limo to my house to come pick me up. Mm, damn. And I want to head from here to where we're going. Yeah, from your wife. <laughs> specifically your woman has to come over and if you're single and if you're single it has to be a woman you have a crush on or someone that you oh, have an infatuation damn. with and, and she can't know you have a crush on her yeah i want you to fucking suffer yeah. on and by the way so I, she not even know that it's happening exactly by the way teeth is not a necessity in this transaction she could be oh, gummy okay. i don't care okay yeah cool. So that's why I tell people all the time, if you're a promoter, you better have a figure in your fucking head. Because if you're going to leave with the fucking me, I'll co- what the fuck do I look it's like? It's a business thing. Oh, just a couple of bucks here. No, nigga. That's a comment on the person that you're dealing with business-wise as well. Because I would imagine, like, I guess in some situations it could make sense. It's a strategy yeah. to see if you can make the person lowball themselves. Yes. To me, that when I think, when I hear somebody say that in that manner, to me it's like, do you have a budget? Like, do you understand how much you're willing to spend on this? Because if not, I'm going to just throw a stupid-ass number out there. Right, but here, I've been on the other side of it, so I know what they're thinking. Right. If I throw a number out there that's too big, I may be screwing myself out of money. Right. right? Because he's not going to turn down the bigger money. Right. If I go underneath, I may be disrespecting him because he doesn't feel that I value his talents to that level. I, you know, if you're a, if I offer 40 bucks to a guy who's been doing this 10 years, he's going to fucking look at me like, OK, this guy doesn't want to do real business. So they're trying to put it on the performer. Here's where that's wrong, because uh, as the performer, I'm never going to lowball myself. That's just right. dumb. And we're not going to go back and forth. Whatever you want. No, whatever you want. What about, that's not me. I want $500. I want a limo to pick me up, but I want your significant other to literally be on my knob and balls. And balls. That's, and, and balls. That's 
You shouldn't have to say it. I shouldn't have to say it, but for the sake of the record, I will. And balls. <laughs> Since we're talking contracts. Yes. And balls. Balls are a part of the process. Okay, let's come on now. They have to be they have to be cupped and or Jesus sucked Christ. at all times during fillet. I know I brought the car in for service, but the free car wash I thought was implied. Mm, yeah. Well, Wanna walk out of here feeling like a million bucks, guys. I can't do commentary unless I'm flated at least 45 to 90 minutes beforehand. Everyone knows that. It's in my contract. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, when people start asking me, hey, do you think you want to do commentary? Well, what are you talking about spending? Well, well, nothing. Well, these nuts. Nothing well, at all. This is a startup, and our GoFundMe is at this much. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Imagine. GoFundMe. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm going to stay home. That's another. That's another thing that really fucks with people's heads. I don't need. I. I. I've said this a thousand times. I haven't said it on the show in a while. So now is as good a time as any. I love this business to death. I love it. I will always love it. And I, I will love it in spite of whatever it gives me. Meaning, if it never gives anything back to me, I will still love it because of all the things that I get to do with it. But let it be known for the record, I don't fucking need it. I can sit my ass home just fine. And be with people I actually like being around from time to time. Not all the time. Some of the people in my house are idiots. But not all the time. But for the most part, yes. And I don't need to be at your fucking company doing the fucking thing. I don't need your fed for shit. I don't need it for exposure. I got this. That's what this show is for. Expose myself to shit. I don't need your fucking 13 people that are related to you who buy your tickets for exposure. Uh, I don't need any of that shit. I don't need exposure. I don't need experience. I don't need any of that shit. I need your money. I need your money. That's what I need. I need your money. Need you money. need a service from me, then pay the money. That's it. You came to me because you thought I could help your product. So pay for someone to help your product. That's yeah. it. I've been asked I've been asked for commentary. I've been asked recently for my managerial services and my tag team. And they go, hey, we'd like to bring your tag team in. Cool. How much? Well, here's the idea we have. Why are you wasting your time pitching me a storyline if you don't have the money? Let's get the business well, again, together. It's also a business strategy where they talk a bunch of shit to try to sell you. They're going to try to use. Numbers. Yes, they're going to try to use the story to hook me. Right. So they'll go, oh, you're going to do this, this. You'll win this feud and then you'll win the tag titles here. And and then I'm supposed to hear that and go, well, then, you know, I'll work for whatever. Oh, I want to be the tag champs. No. Yeah. Give it's, a fuck. But it's, it, sounds, it sounds silly, but even. It works, people, though. Even normal companies that hire people to do work do that same thing. Yes, absolutely. Like, I never understood why places like ShopRite and stuff like that. Like, I get it because I'm not dumb, but I my brain has a hard time comprehending the fact that it's just like, all right, you called me in for the interview. What are you paying me? I don't give a fuck about tell me a time when you blah, blah, blah. I'll give you all that bullshit. Let's save each other's time. Mm -hmm. How much are you paying me an hour? This is not my career. I, I just want to make some money. Yeah. Why do we got to go through this bullshit? Yeah, I know you got to vet me to see if I'm a good fit. That's fine. But I'm not taking this job at $10. So are you going to, what are you offering me? And then we can proceed. Now they drag you all the way to the fucking end, make you feel like, you went through this process, which puts people in a position to take the job anyway. And it works. Yeah, it That's works. the crazy shit. Yeah. Is that it, they're it able actually to, works. They're able to convince people that they're doing the favor for you. 
And that's the problem. In, that's in why. a weird way, yeah. That's yeah. exactly what the that fuck a is. lot of employers it's so weird. Yeah, a lot of employers give you the try to sell you on the idea that you working for their company is a privilege. We're giving you the opportunity. Like you won the lottery. Welcome to Best Buy. Holy fuck. You are the luckiest fucking person on earth. You know how many people we said no to? But we picked fucking you. Dude, there's layers Shut to this shit up. because there are people who buy into that. And then there are the very, very few that actually start to progress in the company, like become manager. And then they have the audacity to talk shit about the 18-year-old who comes in late and don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, that guy's so lazy. Like, no, he's just 18 and doesn't give a fuck about Best Buy. Yeah, Why doesn't are you give talking a fuck shit about, about him? He's trying to make a paycheck only because his mom or dad is making him fucking yeah, be here There you right go. Now. Or there he would go. be streaming instead. No 18-year-old gets to their 18th birthday, blows up their candles, and goes, I can't fucking wait to start working eight-hour shifts All five right, days a fucking week. Nice birthday party, but it's yeah, us. This kid so shit I, is I over with. I got five. I got to be yeah. up there. <laughs> this kid shit is over with. I have a job fair in the morning. My suit's pressed. I'm ready to oh. go. I can't wait to enter the fucking workforce. Oh my god! I'm gonna be the youngest union member of all time. You wait and see. I'm getting a bo- I'm getting pension. Ah oh, man, I can't wait to start my 401k. Dude, none hey, of these 18 year olds are that shit. I tell you what, man. If there's one thing I've learned about life, uh, I'm excited. I told you my fears about having a kid, but the one thing I am excited about having my kid is that if I can get into their head about. Uh, you know, being res- at least responsible with money, they are not even going to come close to having a rough start financially hmm. like I did. Ooh, you know what I mean? They're going to be together. That's very helpful. That's what took that, a lot dude, of pressure off us when we had Credit's going to be fucking mongrel. looking good. The moment they're able to sign up for a car, dude, I'm getting one and I'm just going to use it myself and get the credit score. Like for Use it for something stupid like gas. So they got like X amount of years of credit history. But obviously, you got to teach them credit because they don't teach that shit in school. Obviously. So, no, but yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's just crazy to me. Those strategies that people use is just insane, and and it it works. It wouldn't use it if it didn't work. Exactly. That's that's it right there. Wouldn't use it if it didn't work. Like when women talk shit about those guys they meet on the street when they whistle them. Hey, mommy. Hey, mommy. Why do guys do that? Because it works. It works. Because it works. It didn't work on you. Right. Yeah, but it works. <laughs> Rest are... sure, he may not be getting ass today or tomorrow, but he will get some ass off of that. Yeah. It's going to happen. It just that's just the way it is. Some dude. lady told me one time she. I told her that. I told her that that whistle shit. Da, 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 that shit works. And she's like that shit don't work. I said, bitch, it works. I have gotten <laughs> ass. From the whistling and the blah, 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 blah. Don't tell me that shit don't work. It works. She goes, if you got a, what, was the, what kind of numbers are we talking about here? She was like, how would it, if you, if you whistled at 10 women, how many would it actually work? And I was like, probably one. And then like, and that shit is successful, bitch. Yes. yes. You know how many nice niggas got zero to 10? Zero out of 10? Right. Stop it, please. There's a bunch of people. And what she don't realize is that's one off of the lazy. You ain't even, yeah. that's no game. Yeah, that's just, the best to start or shit. That's the Hail Mary game. This yeah. is the I don't give a fuck. If I get if I get my dick wet, I get it wet. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, that's the Mike Fisher Price. I'm out here trying. That's the Mike Fisher Price, uh, 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 for my first cat call package right there. That's, that's the easy buns. Yeah. They out here, man. Yeah, they out here. I, they, I couldn't have put it better myself. 
There's <laughs> mad women who fall for that shit. Just for the attention sake of it. Even if you don't get to ask that day. Just to get the attention. Because I've seen people do that and then ask for a number and get it. Now, let's keep it a bean. It, it could happen just for the fact that you whistle. She turns around. She's like, eh, good enough. I want some dick. That's it may it. not. The transaction may not happen that way. Yeah. But the thought process can very well just be, you know what? That person's not bad looking. And I kind of want to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> been, a while, been a while since I've had meat between the cheeks as well. That's it, man. Fuck it. <laughs> My lady parts is howling. Howling. It's only gonna take a few minutes. We'll be on our way soon. I'll still make I'll still make my appointments. There you go. Yeah, how many women are out there actually in real life with a ticket online waiting for me? Stop. Stop. Just because it don't work out that way for you don't mean that's the same for us. We gotta scratch and crawl and survive for our pussy. Y'all niggas is throwing dick away on a daily basis. I don't know, man. That might not entirely be true today. Oh, today you talking about? Yeah, that's not entirely true today, dude. I don't know. It may just as well be as easy for dudes than it is for women to get laid. Bold statement. I don't know. That's bold a bold. Statement. Yeah, that's a hot take. Bold, that's a hot take. That's a hot take. I have no statistics <laughs> to show this. So you're going I with just, your gut. This is a gut feeling. Listen, and if you know me, I, I move well with my gut feelings, man. I'm telling you, I don't think it's nearly this, as fucking hard. This is an inside call here. I'm thinking this, the landscape has changed. Deceive Dave is on top of it. He's like, hold on a second. The dick game is getting man. a little weak for some of it's, these girls out here. It's different, man. <laughs> They're not getting as many offers as they used to, you saying? No, I just think, I just think, um, how do I word this properly? The stock of pussy has dropped over the generation. No, I don't think the stock, the, the stock of pussy couldn't be higher. I don't, that's, that's the thing. I think it's the the, access, the thing too is, much is access just, to it. I just think that. They flooded the market with it. No, what it's <laughs> down to, <laughs> flooded the market. Well, trust me, there's an influx of dick. Yeah. So, you got, still, oh, but the dick market's always been high. It's just haven't been that many buyers. The market with pussy, there's still way too many dicks out here. Supply and demand has been off chart uh, for for generations now. For generations, but I think the thing is now is that uh, there's a lot less shame for women to be what's the word promiscuous. Okay. So, so even back in the day when a girl may have been feeling whatever, whatever, you yeah. know, she's conditioned to take care of herself until. Whatever, like she feels no shame or or wants to get out there or whatever. She doesn't want to be seen Nowadays, as Nowadays, it's so open yeah. that the moment someone feels like they want to fuck, they can find someone to do that. And they, they don't feel, and there's no shame behind it anymore, which I'm not saying that there should be. I'm just saying that people feel more free and it's more accepted to be more promiscuous as a woman uh in society so to me that alone means there are more women openly willing and ready <laughs> oh so you're okay i'm getting your argument now you're not saying that the that okay i was confused for a second but your explanation i think has made it more clear for me so you're not saying that the pussy of stock has come down you're saying the stock of dick has gone up that's yeah, what you're I guess, saying. No, okay, yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. Yes, it's becoming more, more even because yeah, yes. women get more offers, but now the level of success for men has also They're gone up. They're accepting more offers because they yeah. feel less shameful about it. Well, you know, ever since the internet age, all the stuff you, you you can probably get pussy on Amazon at this point. 
no, you 1,000% can get <laughs> pussy off of Amazon. They're called pocket pussies. You can buy those. They come straight to your house. And if you want some oh, real live vaginas, Ooh. trust me, there are plenty of websites. Over at the uh, Amazon factories? You can get it delivered straight to your home. All shapes, sizes, and flavors, whatever you want, man. And it's a buyer's market. Out oh, buyer's market out there, folks. <laughs> It is a buyer's market. Hold on a second. I just typed in pocket vagina and Amazon. Uh, Pocket vagina. Here we go. Yeah, I just wanted to put. Oh, they got a machine washable one. Oh, absolutely. There's all kinds of stuff. Oh, this one stimulates both vaginal and anal area right here. Wow. It's a two. We call those a two for. Call those a two for. Machine washable. That's good. Thirty bucks. See, I love this. Thirty. It says twenty nine. 99 slash count. So I'm assuming that means for every pussy you buy. Guys, listen to me. Go DoorDash for four hours and you can buy a lifelong pussy. 100 bucks, you can get yourself a fucking four-way or three-way right there. Four-way, actually. You and three different pussies. Oh, get get multiple different colors? Yes, I was just going to say, you can get a black pussy, a Latin pussy, and like an Asian pussy. Some Asian, yeah. For about 100 bucks and you can get yourself the most fun time by yourself. All that you want right there. Uh, this oh this one's uh this one's oh this one's a dual one too. It's a vagina on one side that uh-huh. vibrates, and then it's uh like a woman's mouth on the other side. Whoa! There you go. Nice. Now See, the joke I, is real. That you can... I t- listen, man. I go with my my gut never lies to me, man. I'm out here. <laughs> okay. Call some... in, please. Call in at seven six five. Oh God! That, actually, there's quite a few. Oh, this is pelvic wand. This looks like one of those worms you put on the the hook. Oh, dude, and don't get me started. People are going to think I'm out here being a fucking weirdo on the internet. And spoiler alert, maybe I am. But there are fucking... They are improving on the whole fake oh, yeah, person no. thing. Science. Dude, that those like latex girls that people can fucking buy that you can like literally like you can get them at any height you want like five 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 ten five whatever and the, you know those you know those old toys like the gumby like yeah, the yeah, gumby yeah, yeah, where, where gumby, you can yeah. like bend it it had like this wire inside Jesus of the Christ. rubber yes so when you bend it you could put the like this the knee dark. up and stuff like that right <laughs> It's it's like a fucking advanced version of that shit, dude. You can literally bend them in any way that you want, and it's just like a full fledged rubber person. <laughs> bend them all the like, uh, dude. I'm not even kidding. I've met a few. Crazy. I've met a few women like that. Hold on one second. I found oh. right underneath, uh, right under. This is on Amazon, folks. On okay. Amazon, it's right? available for Prime. Yeah. This is not a vagina. This is not a dick. No. Nope. This is a bottle. Yep. And it's called, what the hell is this? It says, Do Me. Mm-hmm. And it's a premium vaginal tightening gel. Wow. It says on the bottle, tight as a virgin. Wow. Yeah. Uh, here are the, here's the description because you absolutely need to hear this. Uh, work, this is not an ad, by the way. This, this is, is not, not No, it's not a sponsor of the show. We're not getting paid. No, not a sponsor of the show. This, I just, is, this is passion. I this just, is yeah, passion. I just appreciate their work as a company. <laughs> Uh, in caps, works wonders. Wow! Tightens instantly. We will feel. Mm. He will feel the difference. You'll know by the look on his face. In caps, better than Kegels. Causes wow. your muscles to clench and not let go. 
That no need terrible. to go through all these annoying exercises. Just a bit of this gel, and you are good as new because you were so used before. Holy you could be good shit. as new with this gel. In caps, all natural. What's the secret ingredient? It's not some weird chemical. It's manjakani extract, whatever the fuck that is. That that sounds like the definition of a weird chemical. See the product description for details on how it works. Your secret weapon. Mm. He won't see it coming, pun intended. This is the official description, by the way. Oh. Since tight as a virgin is oral sex safe, you could use it beforehand so he doesn't even know you're up to anything. He'll be totally surprised. Yes, that is the exact time period in which you should surprise your man with something during oral or penetral sex. Can you imagine? Can you imagine she put too much and it like locks her shit completely? Oh my god! Here, he can't get in at this all. This is this is the last part here. This is the most important part because oh. this is where is they, it in all caps? Uh, it just just this one part. The do me guarantee. That's in <laughs> that's in caps. The do me guarantee, and then the description, and this is where it gets important, ladies. Listen to this. If you don't feel tighter mm. with do me tight as a oh virgin. My God, please tell me there's a money back guarantee. Just contact us, and we will refund your money <laughs> without any need to return your opened bottle. You can keep the bottle. Oh, my God. Dude, if there's nothing better in this world than guaranteed type Guaranteed money. They are so confident. That your vagina will tighten the fuck up. Oh, my God. Just from the simple one-time use of this gel, that if you use this and it doesn't work, if your vagina is still as open as the day is long, they will give you your fucking money back, and you can keep the product. It's it's an oily skin-type substance. It has the scent of aloe vera. Oh my! Oh my God! God. This so is, not only is it tightening you, I but it's wanna, also healing your I, inside. I kind of want to contact them for sponsorship, dude. <sighs> I would do we it. Should cut this, send it to them, <laughs> and say, "Look, we can put this on our next." We will. I will put this. Like, I will put this on every episode. I'm trying to let help. I don't know if you guys uh, saw recently. I just paid uh, for new ads for the show, and one of the opening ads is a sponsorship ad. We have some new sponsorship uh, positions opening up here at Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and I actually said in the commercial, help me help you get your product knowledge out there, folks. This is it right here. I want the world to know mm. that we can go back. We don't have to sit back and ponder on the nostalgia of what tight pussies used to be like. We can do it again. And we can do it together if we use the Do Me product right here, right on the right on the front. Tight as a virgin, and I'm glad online stores like Amazon. That is is the most fucking insane slogan, dude. Tight as a virgin. Tight as that's that's not the slogan. That's the name of the product. Wait, what? The name, the company's name is Do Me, but you can't put vagina tightening gel. Actually, they did put it. It says tight as a virgin, and then underneath it says premium vaginal tightening gel. Folks, this is the premium. Don't use your Dollar General pussy tighteners. Well, okay, when you say premium, usually premium comes with a happy ticket price. Comes with a ticket price. $29.99, folks. Oh, that's that's a a premium. That's a premium product for a premium. A premium. 
you, for a premium you, price. You were doing it. You almost had that straight up. Like you were a premium product for a premium price. There it is. Oh, my God. It does not get any better than that. Holy shit. You're, what if happened? If Where are we right now? If your pussy is in a position, get yourself some do me. And by the way, Prime. So you can get it tomorrow. Don't sit on this. Or at least don't sit on anything until you get this gel. Once you do, you straight. You'll basically choke to death whatever enters you after you use this gel. Can you imagine? Because as it says, in the, it says in the slogan, he'll be able to tell the difference. I'm like, bro, can you understand how much trouble you would be in if you entered your girl and be like, wow, you're tighter than usual. What happened? Yo, the fucked up dude. Ugh, us as guys, dude, we're so stupid. Because we <laughs> it's funny that your brain went straight there because that is the only reaction if that's what you're noticing. Yeah. Right? Holy fuck. Why are you so tight all of a yeah. sudden? <laughs> out, of, out of the blue. I just, you ain't got some wiggle room, yeah. but Jesus. This is usually more of a comfortable fit, but I feel like you're choking the shit out of me right now. Yeah, right? Holy shit. Oh, it's better than it's like Kegels. you're giving me a hand job with your vagina. It's like, oh my God, I think your vagina bit me. Why is this <laughs> such a tight fit right now? That's hilarious. You usually dangle around me right now. We feel like a snug, like a like a bolted nut right now. We What's going on? We feel as one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, especially if some of you women out there are, are reaching kid number six and seven. Get get yourself some premium gel. Premium. 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 That's it, man. We can Fuck. get your vagina back to where at least you were when you were at baby number two. Baby number two. That's it. That's what we can do for you. That's the best. That's all you can ask for. Really. That's all you can hope for. I don't understand why <laughs> you'd want to all... do more. Oh, You'll never God. be back to eighteen year old virginistic you. Let's just keep it what it oh is. Oh my god. This gel will get you as far back down the pole, the totem pole as you can physically get. Premium, mm. premium product for a premium price. Anyway, uh let's get on to something else besides vaginas for just a second. Oh, Speaking of some again. vagina, uh the WWE became cunts yet again. I'll bring Did it up. I? You mentioned it. I'll bring it up. Not much uh -huh. to talk about on this, but we'll bring it up. Uh, -huh. uh Bray Wyatt Mm -hmm. No longer with Gone. the WWE. I sent that Get to you in here. a text message, and you popped. But I mean, was he really you, there for you a while? You popped the day. champagne, <laughs> and uh, that was the funniest gift you had ever sent me in your entire fucking life. I was like, this guy took the news very well. Okay. <laughs> but yet, to your point, and you just said it right now, was he, I mean, he's gone. Was he ever really here? Mm. Uh, he's been gone I mean, in and out, when you really think about it, he disappeared. To start the Fiend character, he was gone. Then he debuted the Fiend character, and he was in and out. Then he had a little bit of a run there with the championship, and he was kind of there, but then kind of not. Then he lost the championship, but then he disappeared. And then he disappeared for a minute, and then he started doing shit with Alexa Bliss, and then disappeared from that. Right. Then he came to WrestleMania, didn't get hurt, but disappeared again. According to reports from Dave Meltzer, which I know didn't do anything. I know people are gonna sit there and say, AJ, you don't like Meltzer. Why would you quote Meltzer? Because Meltzer is not Meltzer is an ass. That doesn't necessarily make him stupid. He knows he knows his shit. He just takes the information that he hears and then uses them in an asshole fashion. I, I have my pet peeves about Dave Meltzer. 
But he is reporting that Bray Wyatt's salary was about 850000 a year. Just a hair, just shy of a million dollars a year. For That's someone not who, far-fetched. No, it's not far-fetched based on the money that he was probably making also on his merch and da-da-da-da-da. Uh, but he wasn't working. I mean, break it down. Someone not, working. someone not working, exactly. And for people who are looking at this and saying, "Well, I mean, he's you know he's a former you know champion. I mean, this guy was a top build character for a minute. They let him go. That's weird. We said the same thing when they let Braun Strowman go. They were like that motherfucker was just the champion like the other fucking day, and right before they released him, he was in their main event. Right. I think you were the one that brought it up. He was like, wasn't he just in the title match like? fucking yesterday he's like yes he was also to be released um or also he has been released but by his own request rick flair is gone so we're that much closer to the four horsemen in aew uh but what was it about bray dude no don't skim over that i literally said this not too long ago about the whole tna thing and now it's happening again (laughs) I'm uh, watching it happen again. Every release, they're in AEW like the next week. It's disgusting. (laughs) They're already making references to WCW over there. Already. It's back. Who was it? I think maybe someone posted it on on Facebook saying, oh, it's it's back. WCW's back. WCW 2.0. Well, here's the thing. Did you get a a chance to see Malachi Black's... um, in ring debut this past Wednesday? I have not. I So it's funny you say that. After we saw the, after I watched the Jericho thing. Yeah. And I remember on here last, last part, I was like, you know what? I think I should give them another chance. Like the people are back. The energy feels so much better. Let me give it another chance. Let me see what they're up to. So I booted up the last, uh, <clears throat> the last episode, which was the one with Jericho at the end. And then they proceeded to do this weird fucking uh, six-man tag with... uh, The Space Jam stuff. Dude. (laughs) Dude. I I was just like, what the fuck am I... I literally was like, yo, let me give him a chance. And it was and the first thing they showed you because it was like the, the opening first segment. fucking thing they showed me it was, like was the, opening the segment. guy. What's his name? What is the guy? The cowboy dude? Oh, uh, Hangman Page. Hangman Page. That was kind of hype. And people love him. Everyone was going fucking nuts. So Cowboy I'm like, shit. all right. I said, dude, okay. Okay. I like this. This was cool. He came out with a, with, with the, um, the fucking dark legion or whatever the fuck they're called. The dark order, <laughs> dark order. Yeah, I'm uh, Dark or whatever. Dark Order. He came out with them. I'm like, all right, this looks really cool. The energy was hyped. I'm like, okay, I might fuck with I might fuck with this cowboy a little bit. I don't like him too much. He's awesome in the ring. His hype, he's they fuck with him. So I like it. And then this fucking basketball thing happened. When this dude said at small forward or at guard or whatever the first one he said. I'm like, wait, what are they doing? And then they came out, and they're standing there, and they start, oh, dude, I fucking just shut it off. They're, like, slam dunking in front of the ring. What am I watching? (laughs) Is this wrestling? Is this what people want? I was so fucking mad, dude. I can't tell y'all how angry I was. 
Uh, like, how do you end the show? See, with you Jericho? turned it completely off. I just fast forwarded through it and got to. And that's Steph gets so fucking and, bad. And that is the difference between your love and my love. Like, I'm not making it past that. <laughs> I, I I tried, dude. And then the match itself wasn't even really that good. No. Like, I, I did watch a little bit of the match. I just ended up pausing it and never went back to it. It's still it's still <laughs> up on one of my tabs. Oh my I haven't closed it, to be fair. To be fair. But dude, that was what the fuck, man? That was uh, so weird. Yeah. And the Blatant funny thing is advertising. And this is one of the problems that I have with AEW fans. See how you just said that blatant advertisement? We don't know to this day. Cause they did it they did something else this week. They did. It was more of a backstage thing, and it was really quick. It was like a part of an interview that they did, where they did like a few basketball tricks, and then they got into their promos. But we still don't know because they didn't wear anything Space Jam this week. But they still did the basketball thing. They weren't wearing any of the Space Jam stuff. They just did the basketball thing. Wait, they did that shit again? They did something similar. They didn't go nearly as deep as they did the first time around. So this is what I don't like about the AEW fan base is that in order for them to defend things, in order for them to make it seem logical or to uh, defend the company in some way, I feel like a lot of the times they just have to make shit up. And it's not just in the sense of defending, but in actual belief. They make this shit up and then they fucking believe it. And that's and to them, that's the reason. So a lot of fans came out in self-defense of it and say, well, it was a sponsorship thing, right? They were getting some sponsorship money from them, and they have to plug it, and instead they just kind of had fun with it. At no point in time, ever, from what I understand about this whole segment, was there ever a plug? They did the basketball thing again this week, and none of them was even wearing any of the Space Jam paraphernalia. Kenny Omega was wearing a fucking Cookie Monster t-shirt. It had nothing to do with basketball. Had nothing to do with fucking Space Jam, and now we're hearing that the whole lineup deal and the, the, the apparently Tony Khan spent fifty thousand dollars to license the Space Jam music so that they could do that entrance, and that the and that the money was spent and that he got the the song because it was Nick Jackson's birthday. That was his birthday gift to the guys. Not once has anyone mentioned anything about promotion or sponsorship, or a tie-in deal with the movie company to promote Space Jam. Nothing. It's just something people, they just assumed, well, they did it because it was a promotional thing. It was a sponsorship. Where? When? They never mentioned it. They just fucking did it because they thought it was funny. That's it. They just thought it was funny. And we're starting to see the writing on the wall when it comes to AEW. Cody right now, I think, is the most brilliant man on the planet. Cody is getting is still full blown babyface, but every time he touched Malachi Black, he was booed excessively, booed noticeably, booed. They're sick of him. They're sick of the gimmick. He needs to go away, and he is. He's gonna film some stuff. He just had a kid. He's gonna go spend some time and go be dad or whatever the fuck. That's awesome. He needs to go away and come back with a fresh coat of paint. They Cody's smart enough to know that though. He's been doing this a long fucking time. Listen, man. And I, I think no he knew the writing was Cody. on the wall. Yeah. I got no beef with Cody specifically. I just do not like what he's doing right now. Fair. And I don't think, you know, <laughs> not for nothing, maybe he may be on the same wavelength as you. I give him a lot of shit. I yeah. do. 
But I, but you know what though, we we both give him a lot of shit. I'll take some of that too. But you know what? I like his shit a lot more than I like the other guy's shit. Yeah. And he, I mean, and he's the one who's leaving. So I'm like, oh Jesus. That's fine. You gotta lead by example. The the, the yeah, actually that makes sense to me too. That's the same thing that I thought. Because what happens if it works? What happens if he goes away for a while, disappears, come back, and he's back in the good graces again? Hey guys, you 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 use your likeness for what you were supposed to do. You got some heavy hitters now. Yeah. Get the fuck out of the way. Manage from the back. Start developing. Use your talent to develop. Let's get some storyline. <laughs> Let's get some 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 good matches that people give a fuck about. Let's start breaking up some of these teams and start building more of an individual thing. Let's start let's start progressing the company and let's stop bringing in people we don't fucking need. I swear to God, if Ric Flair shows up in that bitch, you know he is. I'm not watching. It's a this. guarantee. He's already <sighs> spoken to them. It's a gar- it's a foregone conclusion. It's just a matter of how he's going to be used. And a lot of people have been speculating, you know, Flair's in AEW, Andrade's in AEW, what's up with Charlotte? Because she's been getting fucked around a lot by the WWE, and people are not going to put it past her to just be like, you know what, I don't fucking need to be here. With all the talent that has gone to AEW so far, now it's becoming a destination. Because for a lot of these pros, let's be honest, for a lot of the people who are true and blue professionals and have been doing this for a minute, it wasn't a whole lot about AEW that they liked seeing. Who? Well, if I go to AEW, who am I going to work with? Darby Allen? Who am I going to work with? Bear Country? Who am I going to work with? The Varsity Blondes? What, what the fuck? Who? I'm going to get paid a bunch of money, but I'm going to get paid a bunch of money to go down there and basically do nothing. But now, if you blink real quick and take a look at that roster, you got a Christian Cage, you got an Andrade, you have an FTR, you have uh, Malachi Black. You've got some seasoned professionals on that roster now. And if the rumors are true, and there's a Brian and a Punk right around the corner, I don't know. This might be a nice little destination for people. If I'm if I'm an <clears throat> if I'm an AEW, I mean, if I'm an AEW starter, uh, like someone who's been there, I, I'm fucking mad right now. You know what? No, I'm honestly, mad. you should. I'm be. fucking, I'm fucking heated because you gave me. Now, as the performer, I can't say this, but from the outside looking in, I can. Right? Like, if I'm the physical performer, I can't make these complaints vocally because me personally, in my brain, I'm a bitch. Right, <laughs> right. Like if I'm on a shitty team, am I not on the outside looking in? I can be like, yo, I feel bad for that guy because he has a shitty team. But if I'm the guy on the team, I can't say my sh- team is shitty. For me, the way athletics work, if I'm the best player that I think I am, I should be able to carry these people. Right. Or at, to something, to something that ha- that is recognizable, that is respected. I may not win everything, but it's to the point where, yo, this team is really good because of this person, or this team is talked about because of this person. That's that's how I think. But if I'm on the AEW roster and I've been there from jump and I'm dealing with the team and the and the company decisions and the storylines and the 
So all the bullshit that that company gets criticized for, and I've been here from ground zero, <clears throat> and now people of names are coming in, but they just want to work with the other names that just came in. I'm fucking mad. Now, does that mean anything? Probably not, because they don't give a fuck. <clears throat> my but still, I'm fucking mad. If I'm, I'm in mad the if I'm in the locker room, then my response to that is get good. Get because good. you had a chance before all these names started waltzing into the AEW locker room. Your screen time was through the roof, right? And you it Rick wasn't Baker like and it wasn't like you had nobody there. You had two established stars in Dean Ambrose, who went back to John Moxley, and Chris mm-hmm. Jericho. And looking back on it, officially. If you really want to be honest about it, because I killed Jericho and I killed Moxley because I said to myself, you're too big a star to be working with the people you're working with because mm-hmm. they tried to work with everybody. Mm-hmm. They were trying to make everybody better all by themselves. And what we discovered over time, 2020 vision, yeah, is that some of these talents were nowhere near ready yeah. to get there. So now we've got some more players. We've got some more coaches. It's only going to make the product better. But if you're right. in the locker room and you're one of the quote-unquote younger talents and you were saying to yourself, well, hold on a goddamn minute. I thought this was going to be an alternative. I thought we were going to give a whole new generation a shot here. What happened? Here's what happened. We put you on TV and you did what you wanted to do. We surrounded you with veterans like Arn Anderson and Dean Malenko and Jerry Lynn. And they were telling you how Jerry Law, uh, not Jerry Law, excuse me, Jim Ross. And they were telling you, hey, this is how the business works. This is how we're going to do it. You do this, you're going to be fucking great. And you went on your social media and you said all these old guys, they don't know what they're talking about. I know what I'm doing. I'm the one that got signed. I'm the talent. Huh? They didn't really do that. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of them that did this. A lot of them that that, uh, that publicly jumped on jr for his comments when he uh made the uh, when he was doing the interview and they asked him uh who the best wrestler in the world was and he said randy orton and everybody jumped on him because i guess because he works for AEW, his answer was supposed to be kenny omega and he just went with his instinct as opposed to playing the company line and a lot of people jumped on him brandon cutler i'll name names brandon cutler jumped on him uh, uh, who was the other? A couple of lower level dudes. Like I, I wish I could remember their names now because this all took place, you know, months ago. This was a while ago, but it was all people that, as a as a veteran myself, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, shut the fuck. Up. Who are you? Who are you to be saying any of this shit? And in their heads, they were stars. Everybody's a big dick until the bigger dicks walk into the room. That's a fact. And now they they've been on the air for almost two years. Nobody has gotten over in front of their own fucking audiences. You can make an argument for Orange Cassidy, but Orange Cassidy is going to get over in front of the people he's he's over with now, and that's it. You're not going to win any new markets with him. You're not going to get any new fans with him. He's over in front of the indie fans, and there happens to be a lot of listen, them. Listen, so that's listen. dope. The biggest I'm name. I have this conversation with you, but I cannot if you continue to be disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> The biggest name he, I'll give you. The greatest wrestler of all time. The greatest wrestler of all time. <laughs> but it's probably why Flair's going to head there. This is the dream Dude, match dream everyone's match? been working on. No, dream match? Dream match, you ready? Orange Cassidy versus the original, bro, dude. Oh, bro, my God. Oh, was, I would have retired from the great business. Great match. 
I gotta check the YouTube to make sure it hasn't already happened. Because they no, were both in, in the Indies at the same time. In so their we'll state see. today. Oh, the current prime. Yes. Prime yeah. Cassidy and Riddle. Right, Boy, right. Boy, right. you talking prime. about comedic he, gold. Yeah, yeah. That's comedic talking, gold right You're there. talking an explosion of entertainment. The the, the charisma level <laughs> I in that ring. But I don't even know if that's a big enough. Biggest thing. star to come out of AEW that never went to the WWE that got over in spite of everything. Not because of everything, but literally in spite of Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. Britt Baker, by far, in my opinion, is the absolute biggest star. That's their Becky Lynch right now. She is. She's even one, one. She is one of those that will benefit if a Charlotte came over. Oh yeah, no. Like yeah, she because would, she'd finally have someone to fucking work she with. She would skyrocket. She would be in the ring with someone who, and not not to take away from, dude, I'm terrible with these names today. But not to take away from some of the wrestlers that she did wrestle, that she had good matches with, but that's a whole new level of ring awareness. Yep. That she'll be able to actually get that experience, you know? So Man, if yeah, she had she a would, program with Charlotte, she'd be even deadlier. Yeah. And the promos would be deadlier. But then the question oh is, who would she work with besides Britt? Oh, you talking about Charlotte? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Thunder Rosa? Yeah, that, that was the name I was trying to remember. Thunder Rosa. Uh, Thunder Rosa would maybe actually. Nyla no, let me Rose? take that back. <clears throat> let me take that back. Thunder Rosa would actually get the most out of working with a Charlotte. Because no, not Britt, Baker, Britt Baker would shine because she's ahead of the game. But there are some things that Thunder Rosa just, she would benefit from from having that that experience in the ring. I think she would learn more. With going, all with of them a, would learn. Charlotte. Charlotte's the best in the world. I understand that. Yeah. Okay. That that's not always true. What you're saying. It's subjective. You could put me in the ring with the Actually, best in the Jesus world. Christ, I'm not gonna learn as much as someone who's been. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. who has a better talent for it. So yes, everyone in that locker room would get a lot from uh from a charlotte but a thunder rose and a brett baker not only will get a lot will but then we'll be able to turn that around and translate it oh it funnels it'll be it'll be an irrigation system you will get more bang for your buck with those two with a charlotte but i think thunder rosa gets the most out of it we'll see so we'll see i have we'll see yeah no i here's 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 my here's my hot take for the day okay uh I think these releases are going to be working in another direction because I have in my gut, in my gut, see, we're, we're, talk, we're talking about guts going with your gut earlier. In my gut, I have this feeling like these releases are sending a different message. Mm-hmm. And that message being, we don't really care what your position is. We don't feel like we can use you. We're going to leave. We're going to get rid of you. And that's it. I don't think we're. I think we're out of the era in pro wrestling where you had a, a spot that you're able to protect. Because a lot of the people that are being fired here are people like look at the look at the tweets and look at the 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 social media outcry from some of the stars that are left when these releases take place, and they're like, I can't believe it. It's more. It's it's more of hey, I wish you the best, or you know, it's it's more than that. It's like, I can't believe you're not here anymore. Like. What the fuck? Like, stunned. And I think a lot of these releases, the Braun Strowman one in particular, 
because of the amount of money that he was making and, and the faith that they had put in him when they gave him that contract in the first place, only to just fucking release him outright. And right. when they, and and when they uh, when AEW first started, they were signing people to five year deals just to keep them from going to AEW. Now that they've seen what AEW is, and they could not physically give less of a shit about their existence, they're not only now signing people for more money than they should pay them, they're trying to get out of the contracts they're already in. Like, for instance, a Bray Wyatt, who's making $850,000 for the year to be a part-timer. Mm-hmm. So they're getting out from underneath all that stuff. I think these releases are sending a signal to the talent that regardless of your position, regardless of your situation, regardless of your tenure... If we don't want you here, you will not be here. And that's going to start leaving some people to be a little bit more proactive. And I don't mean proactive in the sense, well, let me quit before I get fired. Just their their antennas are up. And the minute they even sense something stupid's going to happen, they may inquire about employment in other places. And Charlotte takes me as the kind of person who is not going to just sit there and be fired. She's already been in trouble multiple times over the course of the last year for not being able to keep her fucking mouth shut and just do her job. No, she sticks up for herself. That's how she got off the WrestleMania card. She wouldn't shut the fuck up. I know they made the bullshit excuse about her pregnancy or possible pregnancy and blah, 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 blah. But she's put that rumor to bed multiple times. And she's been saying it without saying it, but she's been getting jerked around. She ain't the only one. Keith Lee's been jerked around. There's yeah. a number of individuals who have been have games being played with them because even with AEW there, even with New Japan there, even with Ring of Honor there, even with Impact there, even with AAA there, even with ICW there, even with CMLL there, and countless other independent promotions that are making their waves, GSW, PWG, yada, 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 WWE really still and truly believes they're the only game in town. So they're throwing their dick around. Well, at the because moment, they think they can. The ones that are paying big money. They're honestly. paying the most. They're not the only game in town. I understand that, but the fact of the matter is, until the pay becomes competitive, they are still the big dick, and they will always be the big dick until that changes. Well, you know what? I've because heard from certain ladies, you don't always need the biggest dick. Right. And, and I and I'm trying to make a funny joke out of my point, that, which is I don't yeah. think th- for some people who already have what they have, I don't think the money is an issue. Just like the Moxley situation, Moxley could have resigned very. They offered him way more money than he was making the first time around, right? And for a secure amount of years, he he didn't get fired. They said, "Here's more years. Here's way more money than we've ever paid you. We think you're the fucking greatest. Here, take this." Right. And he said, cool, uh, can I be a heel the way that I want to be? No, we're going to do the, okay, so then keep your money. I'm leaving. Well, people are getting smarter now. Yes. And we talked about this. We talked about this on this podcast about in order for real change to start happening, I don't give a fuck about the mid card. I think it was the Selena Vega. Yes. I forget who it was. But, okay, well, they were, yeah, cool. I'm glad you made your stand and you walked away because of your social media thing, because it is your right to keep your product. You shouldn't have to forfeit everything to a company specifically because you work there, because honestly, that's what it is. Now, right. if, if um, up, up, down, down decides they want to do that, that's what he wants to do business wise. I don't blame him for doing that either. He's not a sucker 
<clears throat> he's not a pussy. He's not a bitch for doing that, selling out. He's not. If that's what he wants to do, if his business brain is telling him, I want to collaborate with the WWE because not only that's the way that they want it, <clears throat> but I see that's a good business move. That's fine. But the person that wants to keep their own shit shouldn't feel like they have to just because someone else is doing the same thing and they decide to. But at the same time, no one gives a fuck. So, yeah, you can stand on your soapbox and be 100% right, but you're not going to fucking make Vince feel away. You're either going to stay or you're going to go. I really don't give a yeah. fuck. But now when you're talking about some heavy hitters, people who are like, all right, I'm keeping the lights on here. I'm not going to accept your contract because honestly, at the end of the day, and I'm glad it's becoming a thing, mental health, people are starting to see, hey, I can make a little bit less money, be happier in my situation, and have a better quality of fucking life. Yep. Oh, and I get to be creative. Yep. All right. Well, you can take your you can take your one million. <clears throat> I'm gonna take this five hundred, and I'm gonna be happy with this not 500. even five. I think Malachi is. Giving I'm just six giving you dramatic seven. numbers to yeah. where I would be willing. I'll take half the money to get my, my salary, sanity back. But give me my fucking sanity. Give me my family back. Give me, yo, I need time off. Okay, give us three more episodes so we can write you out. All right, bet, no problem. Like that type of shit. Like work with your wrestlers or fuck wrestling in general. Work with your employees or whatever the best way you can, obviously within smart business, which is why I said I need time. Okay. Give us time to write you out so we can give you some time. I'm having a kid. Okay, give us time to write you out so you can enjoy the birth of your fucking child. Not be across the world fucking Zooming because you have to wrestle somebody tomorrow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, people people are starting to see that. And now that you're heavy hitters, the people that are making big money are either being released. Like, people met, so I don't know whether it's true or not. But people mentioned that a, a, a big part of the Bray Wyatt thing was, you know, he's just not in the best spirits right now. You know he what I mean? Lost his like, best friend in Brody Lee. Lost his best fucking friend. That's losing your, your true best friend is is like losing a family member. Dude. Yeah. Like you don't get over that. That'll fuck with your performance. That'll fuck with how you deliver stuff. It'll fuck with your creativity, especially his. His has to be his gimmick has to be bubbly. Ironically, right? Like he's a demonic. It's a very demonic gimmick. But his when shit, he has the mask on, but the fl- the the fun correct. the Firefly well, Funhouse thing, he's over the top. Right, hand. but even that is demonic. But yeah. it's the way that he does it. He does it happy and smiles and like playhouse e. And he's got to be very, you know what I mean? Like who wants to do that when you're just like, yo, my homie's gone. You know, what I mean? like I can't have a bad day at work and then just call my homie and like go get a beer. Like, I can't do that anymore. Like, that'll fuck with you. So if that is part of the reason why, you know, he gets paid so much, but he's not really performing and they felt like to make that decision, good. I hope if that's the case, I hope he takes the time he needs, uh, which could probably be a while. I mean, that shit, you can't tell someone how fast that heals and it'll probably never fully heal, but enough to where you can become productive again. And go somewhere it may not may or may not be AEW where he can you know be creative because we all know when it comes to gimmick this dude is probably one of the top tier 
guys when it comes to coming oh, up yeah. with ideas. He so, will figure a new thing out. Figure it'll get over. Out. Fucking that playhouse shit is nuts, and it's unfortunate that you know he had the poor. It had to be something because they put him on Raw. They had a whole huge like gimmick drive for him. He was going to be main event and all kinds of stuff. We already saw it coming, and then it's all just like disappeared. So. Nah, man, I support that shit. If AEW is making a place where people can go and at least try to have some creative ideas and, and, and another alternative where they can have some more peace of mind and travel a little bit less, maybe have a schedule. I don't know really how it works. I don't know how happy people are in AEW, but yeah. But he, I, I sense a problem coming up, though. Okay. With AEW. There's a pile, a lot of problems. No, but he, but I think there's going to be one imminently. Yeah. Because I saw what happened on Wednesday with mm-hmm. Malachi Black. Mm-hmm. When Andrade debuted, you can make an argument that was pretty shitty, right? It was not exactly the way you probably should have debuted a talent of that level. But he's making his way through, right? He's talented enough. He can rebound from that. They've done that a few times with some of the talents. They did not make that mistake with Malachi Black. He walked away from his match this past Wednesday. When that match was over, you can tell this this we have a new we got a new top guy in this company. Right. I mean, his debut was that awesome. It, it was a ridiculous debut, down to a brand new entrance. Because remember, his entrance in WWE is what hyped him. He's got a brand new entrance, a brand new look. And he is just top to bottom. He is fire. He is fuego. This thing, this, this is gonna work. And this is the problem. What the hell is that? Oh, my phone. Jesus Christ! You're fucking me up, phone. Uh, no, you're you still fucking turn, me up, phone. You gotta turn those alert alert sounds off, dude. I don't yeah. even hear that stuff anymore. Uh, I don't want to actually, cause I like, I like, I just don't like him on the air. But I, I sometimes I'll hear him when I'm walking around, and it, it helps. So I'll leave them on. But. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, Malachi Black, right? So he came away from that whole situation just looking like a fucking beast and a half. Mm-hmm. And here is the problem that I'm seeing happening. When AEW started, I thought it was really cool that they gave a lot of younger talent an opportunity because mm-hmm. it was nice to see some fresher faces on the mainstream. But by default, because of that, the biggest stars that were in the company were Chris Jericho, John Moxley, and everybody from the elite. That's the Young Bucks, that's Omega, that's Cody Rhodes. Those were the biggest stars when AEW started. They were the stars. Right. But they're also the EVPs. So that's an easy way to book. The guys in charge just happen to be the top stars Mm -hmm. on the screen. So it's an easy book, right? I mean, easy stuff. What happens? When the EVPs are no longer the top draws on the card. The Young Bucks have been tag team champions for forever. I can make you the argument they are at least the third best tag team on their own show. Kenny Omega has been champion for a while. Right. There's a few single stars here that I think would make a great champion in his place. Cody Rhodes is walking away. Like I said, he might be the smartest man in the room because I think he sees this shit coming a mile away. But what happens then when the EVPs are no longer in the position to be telling the booker, Tony Khan, who's also supplying the funds for this company, mm-hmm. you know, you should really put us in this spot because I think with our 
drawing power, we, we really make a main event out of this. Well, we think we should go a different way because I think this team is better or this team is better in this position or blah, 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 blah. Do we now start booking differently? Well, hold on a second. The rose is not off the bloom on us just yet. We're, we're still the top stars here. Mm, I don't know. Are we going to start getting some infighting? Because we've got Andrade here. We've got Malachi Black here. You know, we've got established stars walking in the door now. Christian Cage will is now the number one contender to go against Kenny Omega at the next pay-per-view. And that match is going to be fucking retarded. And it's going to be a match that none of these young guys are going to be are going to be able to top. So at what point now do we start to realize, uh-oh, um, these EVPs might not have the leverage they once had. Do we change the booking up? Do we go with the established talent over the elite? And you and that right there is the moment where what I have a problem with is going to come to fruition very apparently to those who may not notice it, right? Like I pointed out all the time that every time the championship belt is on the screen, Cody Rhodes is somewhere. He's somewhere next to it, whether he's holding it, whether he's fighting for it, or he's Wait, doing which something. Wait, which belt? Whatever the highest belt is. I don't know what Cody ha- Cody's banned from competing for the belt. He hasn't been around that. He's been around the, t- the TNT title. The TNT, the TV title then. Yes, the whatever. TNT title. Whatever. Yes. whatever fucking belt it is, he's always around it when it's happening. Right. Right? So, I, I don't know. It's, it's something that I'm noticing. And then now the same thing with... Um, with with all of them, they're they all do. They're just they're all holding the belts. They're all around the belts. They're all surrounding the belts, and that's fine. That, that's that's not a problem, so to speak, at the moment because they are the talent. They are the ones building everything. That's okay. But the vibe that I'm getting is almost as if like they're not holding it to make things bigger. They're bogarting them. That that's the vibe that I'm getting. And the thing that you pointed out is going to make that apparent. I have these guys who are clearly higher cards than you guys. Multiple that they should be going. You should have the belt. And they're still going to be holding the belt. Yeah, with and the excuse of well, we're building the division. Exactly. It's going to be it's going to become extremely apparent. Watch. It's going to be mentioned somewhere on social media. We're like, yo, get these guys off of the belt. Like, Actually, this past Wednesday, remember that promo I told you about where they were doing the basketball tricks? They did the basketball tricks, and then uh, they made the bucket, and as soon as it was over, they started talking, and Nick Jackson goes, as far as the tag team division goes, and he looks at his belt, and he goes, is there no one else? Yeah, is there no one else? And then Matt Jackson goes, I'll answer that question. There is no one else. We've beaten everybody. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get it. They're heels. I get it. Because someone's right. listening to that. right? Well, they're bad guys. They're supposed to say they're better than everybody else. AJ, you're a manager. You're a heel. You've done promos where you're like, your team is better than everyone else. Yeah, but I didn't bury the division. I I will be vague. And tell the world, yeah, my tag team is better than everybody, but I will also, in the same limelight, tell people we're going to fight everybody. They just basically said, okay, we beat everybody, we're done, we're retiring as champions, which is kind of funny. Because I think a lot of people actually for a split second believed it was true. 
They were like, well, I could put it, I could, I could see them doing this. We're just like, all right, well, no more tag belts. We're the best. We've proven it. We might as well just get rid of these since we'll be champions forever and ever until the end of time and no one's going to stop us. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> sense, Meanwhile, the top tag team feud right now is uh, Santana and Ortiz against FTR. That's, that's the, the feud right now that's churning in the division. That's got all eyes on the product. But I digress. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is episode 199. Next week, we are live on Facebook, the official Orsini's Uncertainty from my Facebook page. Next week, August 14th, 2021, at mm. 8 p.m. sharp. I will be playing our traditional pre-show stuff at 745. And we will be on the air live for 200, 200, 200, 200 fucking episodes I have the list in front of me here, and it appears, because I didn't keep note of this, but the three-year anniversary show was the year that, uh, the year, ugh, the episode where you debuted Mm -hmm. as the full-time blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So that was episode 160. Mm -hmm. So you've done 40 episodes, roughly. I think you missed like one, but for the most part, no. I think I missed like three. <laughs> but you, yeah, you you debuted episode one sixty. Uh, I've had two hundred, or I'm gonna have next week two hundred fucking episodes. Mm. Uh, 2017 is when this show began, and uh, I'm pretty happy about what's been happening with this show so far. <laughs> There you go. Some of these episodes, I was looking them over, and I was listening to a few of them, and I was just like, uh, some of these episode titles, where I'm like, God damn, I was really creative with these in the beginning. (laughs) In the Uh, beginning. Yeah, because I'm looking at some of the more recent ones, and I'm like, I think what I did recently, or have been doing, is I've been kind of taking something that we talked about on the show, and kind of made the title ironic to that. Right, so it's like that's what a lot of people do. Yeah, it's not what I was doing in the beginning though, because I'm looking back. Like for instance, uh, episode 194, we mentioned something about Mickey James and the whole NWA Empower pay per view, which is still coming up in a few weeks. We'll get to that. Uh, a you gotta keep episode. me posted on that because I really want to watch that. <laughs> yeah, one. the the card is starting to shape out, uh, little by little. Like I said, uh, we'll get more of that into that as we get closer to the actual show. I think 201 will be the episode right before that pay-per-view starts, so that might be a 200 might be a good time to talk about it. I don't know. I'm still figuring out that. But like for instance, that episode is called "A Woman Scorned, A Pay-Per-View Booked." Right? Did they just make that name? Uh, no, I named my episode that. They oh, oh, they call okay, it. Okay. They're calling it NWA Empower. They're I was about to say because I said that. Yes, you did say that, <laughs> and I took that and made it the the episode title. Oh, I thought I was about so, to get paid there for a minute. <laughs> I was like, yo, this, they but, owe me some money. But then I go back uh, to like some of my earlier stuff, and there was a story I told about um, when I was going to WrestleMania, that last WrestleMania, what was that, uh, 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 29 or something. I was telling a story about that, and I was telling a crazy story about being in Secaucus, New Jersey, in the train mm-hmm. station. So I came up with that episode. It was called The Rockus in Secaucus. Mm. And I'm like, God damn. Or episode 35, Canadian Crap Catastrophe. (laughs) 
Like, Jesus, these are really catchy fucking names. And that one was an easy one because that was... Uh, You're I so th- proud of yourself. I think that, yeah, I, I was. Uh, that was the episode where I did the, a... I think I may have debuted the What the Fuck segment there, which I got to bring back. That was a lot of fun. Um, I debuted the What the Fuck segment there, and it was the story about the lady who had to take a shit really, really bad. And I think it was a Tim Hortons in Canada. And the dude, yeah. the dude. Oh, dude, that one cracked me. I yeah. remember listening to that. Yeah, one. that dude wouldn't let her use the bathroom, so she just crapped in front of the register and then picked it up and threw it at him. And I was like, you know what? That's the definition of a shitty day. That's that's a bad day. Uh, look at this one, episode thirty-eight, defamation wars, return of the cyst. Come on, that's fucking catchy. Defamation wars, return of the cyst. That's the story of. Uh, when uh, CM Punk and his cyst and his medical history, his medical problems, and uh, they were him and Colt Cabana, which is another problem. I just remembered that now. If CM Punk's coming to AEW and Colt Cabana's already there, what the fuck? Oh man, I wonder if what they've the spoke. What? I wonder if they've spoken to each other in a while. The last time they spoke to each other, they wanted to kill each other. Uh, their best friendship went into the toilet big time. Last I heard. I keep touching it. It's a bad habit. Sorry. All right. I really got to stop doing that. <laughs> okay. I'm taking it out now. Boom. That's it. All done. You've worn out your welcome. I have to drive to Washington, D.C. in a few hours, so I'm charging all of my electronics. Ooh. So I want to make That's sure. That's very responsible. I am an adult. I am an adult. I wanted to uh, send a quick thank you, and uh, I'm not going to do I'm do. I'm gonna do a little bit of the. Uh, I'm gonna blow myself for a little bit here on this episode so that I don't do it on 200, because I don't think anybody's gonna want to hear all that shit on the show. Wow. But my, because uh, I think I, if you notice, with, like with my one year anniversary and my two year and my three year and my hundredth episode and my 150th, whenever I do a milestone show, I think it's always important me myself that the the big shows, the ones where I really push and and get people to watch live and all that stuff that should be saved more for the entertainment purpose not to blow myself on a lot of episodes let's be honest that that everybody listens to and those are the episodes that i'm like kind of pat myself on the bat a little bit and some of the stuff i've done it's hard to commit to this shit every week it really is (laughs) yeah we're you're getting your taste of it now for the last year and it's Uh, not that you don't want to do it but sometimes you'll like for instance like for instance last night I was like, oh, dude, I'm finally off. I can't wait. And then I was like, oh, fuck, I got to do that thing tomorrow. <laughs> and it's not like, fuck, I don't want to do it. It's like, oh, shit, I forgot. I have to block a, a set of time for this. Yeah. That shit gets tough. A lot of, I, I have to allot some time out mm-hmm. of my schedule. <laughs> right. But, yeah. Oh. Did I just cut my own audio off? What happened? Sounded like it a little bit. Hello, hello. There we, we go. You're oh, good. wait. Hey, we're back. Hey, we're back. Hey, so I want to send a thank you out. Um, I'm leaving that in, by the way. I have no inclination to edit anything out today. We're getting raw today. There was no rundown for today. Nigga, the just... only way to go is raw. So yeah, we come. The... We coming off the dome like dip set in the locks. We're, we're going. <laughs> we're going off the dome. Oh, dude, did you see the fucking? Uh, did you see this move by our guy that does this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit? I saw. Yeah, the Ace oh, Vane. dude, that was cracking me up. Ace, Ace Vane. Yeah, Ace Vane is the man. That shit is hilarious. <laughs> so I'm gonna send a, a a few thank yous out. First of all, when I did this show, when I came up with the concept of this show, one of the biggest things that I really wanted to fucking do 
because I do it all that I was doing it all the time anyway. I just wasn't doing it my way. I wanted to do interviews because mm-hmm. I wasn't at the time I was an interviewer. And that's what I did for everybody's company. I just never got a chance to ask the questions I wanted to fucking ask or the questions that I felt people were fucking interested in. So I wanted to be the guy that the wrestlers felt comfortable in responding to certain things. You know, if like, for instance, the very first interview that I had, which the nigga came to my house and I was surprised (laughs) that he agreed to do it. But E.C. Negro, the king of New York, who was currently retired and enjoying a nice, peaceful life with his son over in uh, Queens, New York. Beautiful. He uh, was the pro wrestling magic heavyweight champion at the time. And this dude came. I said, I would love to do an interview with you. But at the time, I hadn't worked out the phone system yet. I hadn't worked out, you know, I didn't have a way to do it virtually yet. This was in 2017, like I said. Right. And, uh. I said, the only way I could do it is if you come to my crib. Are you interested in coming to my crib? And he said, I'll go, and I'll do the interview. I said, great, fantastic. I bought him a nice bottle of something, which I thought he was going to crack for the interview. He didn't. He actually went, oh, it was Patron. And I bought it for him thinking we were going to get sloshed and it was going to be a crazy interview, and he didn't even touch it. And because I had bought it as a gift, but then he came in and he saw it. He's like, oh, I feel bad. I'm on a diet. I can't really do it right now. I'm dieting. I'm like, oh, see, you went out. Heavyweight title, and all of a sudden, you got to keep your body in shape. You a bitch. You a figure, bro. <laughs> so, EC Negro was the first guy I ever interviewed on this show, and I got to be honest with you, I was nervous because I knew what I wanted to ask. I just was curious how he was going to take it. And I asked him the same, every person I have ever interviewed, I asked beforehand, is there anything off the table? Is there anything you don't? feel comfortable with me getting into and I'll stay away from it. But if not, I'm going to ask, I'm going in. And I've been lucky. No one yet has told me, no, I don't talk about that. And this dude especially was like, yo, go hard. Whatever it is you want to ask, I don't give a fuck because I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I said, okay, cool. So I buttered him up with a few easy softballs in there. Mm -hmm. And then I went straight for the neck. You know what? Uh, You're a bit of an asshole, right? is it with this asshole mentality if you want well, anybody want to beat your ass so bad and you know we kind of got into his life and we kind of got into his attitude and why he carries himself the way he carries himself you know for me it was like i wanted to ask some real fucking questions that was like the most real interview i had ever done because it entailed more than just the wrestling stuff this was him as a person and right. when you're in the wrestling business i think sometimes even the people who are in the business they forget that you forget who you're dealing with. You forget you're dealing. Sometimes you, you forget you're dealing with a real one. Because there's a few times where he got, you know, into some altercations in locker rooms because he carries himself the way that he does. And it runs people the wrong way. And he's had to throw hands a few times. And we talked about that exact situation at a BWF in the Bronx show where him and some other dude got into it. And, you know, people got to get checked. And, you know, it is what it is. So he, he, you know, we got into that. And I, I took it as a compliment that he was willing to do that with me because he didn't do it with anybody else. But they liked me because we'd worked together for years and he knew that I wasn't going to fucking set him up to look stupid. You know, I had a lot of trust with people. Same thing. That was episode 16. Same thing with 21. That was my first time interviewing a group. We did the GOAT. 
the Zoltan, Chris Cage, Whiplash, and at the time it was Ivy Roman was the manager, and they came in to the crib. This time I bought them a bottle of liquor, and we killed the whole bottle. So that was the complete opposite. Uh, we didn't drink with Negro, uh, but we did drink with the goat. And that was another fun one. That one got personal because, again, used to backyard with them. So we got a lot of stories. You still there? I'm a, yeah, oh, why okay. would you be here? I'm listening. <laughs> uh, it got quiet in my house, too. I felt like for a second I thought I lost connection. Now, now uh, you know what it is. You're, you're reminiscing yeah. of the old pods, and the old pods had an old vibe, man. It was it was <laughs> different. Like I don't really know what they sound like with me on there because I don't go back and listen to myself. That's fucking weird. Yeah. I'm not a narcissist. I'm not but, a narcissist. But I remember the It was almost like... The humble beginnings. No, it's not. It's like it was like everyone does it when you're just like in a room alone and you're just thinking out loud. Yeah. And you're just talking to yourself. That's what it felt like. And That's it what it cool was. Vibe. Yeah, it was a cool I vibe. I was sitting like the, in a room just fucking saying things off the top of my head. Like, I remember the poop story you were telling. And that shit was fucking hilarious, <laughs> dude. And it's just like you thinking out loud. Just Like, I could just envision you sitting there with a drink in your hand. Fucking Which I did. Just reminiscent of just like stupid shit you did. <laughs> See so, that yeah, man, it's horse though. Vibe. I don't it know did. what it feels like now though. It did, it, and and it, it did have a different vibe. But to be honest with you, it wasn't as fun as this, because after a while, like when you do it every week, it becomes a trial. Because you see how hard it is for me to come up with the topics for us, and this is a conversation to come up with a topic where I got to do it for thirty minutes, just me. Right, like I gotta be specific because it's gotta be something that I really, I really have to want to talk about it. To do and it you myself. have to be careful because there's a difference between potting and ranting. Yeah, and you can rant, but you can't do a whole pod of yeah. Ranting. You can't do an hour of a rant of a rant. I did you have once. To be very direct. I, I only did that one time, episode but fourteen. Good ones. That was. <laughs> Yeah, that was kayfabe, dead or alive. I gotten pissed off. You were hot that day. Yeah, I did an hour and two minutes on just kayfabe, which I still stand by to this day, and that was done a long time ago. Uh, the next interview I did, it says interview with AJ Orsini, but that was just because my wife can't do... My wife can ask questions, she can't answer them. She's got to have a piece of fucking paper in front of her. She she doesn't like doing the show because she doesn't... She needs to prepare she, right. My wife can't do a fucking thing off the top of her head. No, I understand that. It's a talent. <laughs> it, no, it really is a talent to be comfortable just yeah. speaking from your brain. But I think people on I but I think people who have been comfortable with me for a long period of time, I don't think people really saw it as a talent I possessed. I think it was just something that people just associated with me. That's just something right. he does. It's the same thing with me. Yeah. Like, people were blown away. They were like, oh, did you write that best man's speech? I said, no, I didn't think about it once until I stood up. Yeah, there you go. And they're just like, wait, really? And I'm like, yeah, I, I personally didn't think it was all that great. But they were like, oh, it was freaking awesome. Like, how long did it take you to come up with that? I was drunk as hell, and I stood up. Like, that was <laughs> it. Like, that's that's as far as my – I don't like thinking about shit too much, especially when it comes to talking I don't like to think about it too much before I go up there because then it feels rehearsed and then I'm going to forget something and stutter. So if yeah. I just let my mouth go, pause, it'll it'll work out a lot better that way well, please, than pause. if I sit there and try to come up with an idea. Give me a general idea 
and then I'll my brain will take care of the rest on its own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's how the commentary career started for me because I was doing the host thing, and when you do the host thing, you have to do like multiple small things. So it's like you know, thirty second intro, one minute promo, two minute interview, rinse and repeat, different pieces, this, 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 and you gotta do it. Da, 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 da. And I was never scripted for any of it. So you talk about like two, three hours a day taping all these different segments up. Eventually, someone said, "God damn, does he ever not know what to say?" And I was like, "No, I never know." What not to say. Or, right. or, or, Fortunately I, for you guys, yeah. I never shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's well, hold on a second. That's the problem I was having in the beginning because I wasn't talking. They didn't know I could do this. Like, for instance, Brandon, who's known me for fucking forever, he pitched me for the host thing, but to be fair, he pitched me for it so that we could hang out at the wrestling shows again. He, <laughs> he's oh, like, he's, he has I'll told carry me you. this. That's fine. He I'll has, carry yeah. you. Yeah. He has, yes, exactly. He has told me this. He goes, I just wanted to see you were on the shows again. I didn't know you could do this. Not to this level. Let me not say that. I think he knew that I could talk. I just don't think he knew that I had the ability to do this, like, on a long-term thing. Like, the way that we were, because we were doing these videos together for the most part. We were co-hosts. So the fact that I was leading it, as opposed to him leading it, and then I was doing it so well to the point where he doesn't feel comfortable leading me anymore. If me and Brandon got together today to do something, he's following me. And that's not a brag. That's just the way that the team dynamic always seemed to work out. When we did House of Glory for about two or three years as commentators for every show, I was the play-by-play and he was the color. You know, I was Ross and he was Lawler. That's always the way that we kind of did it. And since then, because of that, I get comfortable in my position. So now I'm trying to create... You know, now and next week I'll be with Sam Laterna again. I worked for her at the last show, and uh, we'll we'll see how that dynamic works for a second time. That was our first time working. wasn't as fluid as me and Mike, but we'll we'll get it together. We got two nights in a row to get that together. More on that at the end of this uh, episode here. But that's how the whole dynamic worked. I I don't when I'm in social situations, I actually don't talk a whole lot. Me neither. But I know that there's no one in that room that can talk better than I can. Meaning once I do open my mouth, I'm the big dick in the room, and I know that. And that's how it's, again, it sounds arrogant. I understand that. But when you're in the entertainment business, that's the thought process you have to have. When the microphone is in my hand and I've got a 1,000 people staring at me, I need to believe that everything that comes out of my mouth is the best fucking thing they're ever going to hear. Otherwise, what the fuck are we talking about? What am I being paid for if I'm not entertaining these people to the utmost of my ability? And my ability just happens to be more than everyone else. That's why I'm there. And I have to tell myself that for that to work. Believe me, when I come home and my wife's bitching at me for shit and my son is being an asshole, believe me, Plenty of humble pie to go around. I'm not an arrogant prick at the house. But when I'm in that ring, yeah, I'm an arrogant prick. Sorry. That's just the way that that's the way that I roll. When I'm booking for a company, when I'm promoting for a company, if when I'm doing interviews, anything, I handle myself like I'm the biggest dick in the room every time. That's why I don't mark out when I meet talent. I've worked with some of the biggest names in the room, but they would never know that I was a fan of theirs until I fucking told them. Nicely. Like, hey, you know, I really appreciate your work, blah, 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 blah. 
Right. You would never see me. <sighs> oh, my God. First time I ever Mick Foley. You know how much of a fan we both were of Mick Foley back in the day. I mean, Mick Foley for the first time. Hey, how you doing? Shook his hand. Went about my goddamn business. You got to be. Because that's exactly. That's the way you, you got to be. You have to act like you've been there before. Not only that, but he needs to see me as a peer. If I go in there and start fangirling. You have to appear that way. Yes, I, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, okay. So I'll. You could never. I'll, I'll t- <laughs> you could. Uh, the audacity I know. for you to believe. No, no, I'm not. You're right. Hall of Famer no, and then but, me. But I get it. But. You it has to, to feel that way. With respect, you have to act like yeah. you've been there before. There's a you professional thing there yeah. that has to exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah, can't come sure. across as a fan, otherwise his opinion of me is lowered and we'll never get anything done. Nope. So that's why I carry myself like that. And I sometimes rub the people the wrong way because I have a family. I got things to do, so I don't do a lot of the hangout stuff. You know, when I come to the building, I'm there to work. So when I do commentary, you know, I'm putting my notes together, putting match cards together. I'm getting notes from the talent. What do they want me to put over? What do they want me to say? What do they not want me to say? What happened before they got into the building? Is there an injury that we got to talk about? Something like that. Whatever the case may be. Whenever you're doing a show like that, when you're live, you're streaming, there's no room for error. You need to get your shit together. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's no perfect broadcast. I'm going to fuck up at some point. But you need to prepare so that it happens a small amount of times. If you fuck up three times in three hours, no one's going to care. You fuck up 30 times in three hours, you're a shitty commentator. And that's it for that audience for forever. They're just going to continue to see you as shitty. So far, I've won over the hearts of the GSW faithful. We'll see how long that fucking lasts. Uh, But as far as the other stuff goes, you have to carry yourself like that. And I did it here to bring it back to this show. I did it here. Whenever I had someone interviewed, you know, after I did the thing with Steph, uh, my next interview was with Mike Law. That was cool. He was in my house. Got to tell his Hogan story, which was pretty good. I had Maddie Ming in my house for 30 Topics. Never did that again. That's the only episode of 30 Topics I ever did. And I wanted to do more, but I had a problem with that because Matt was also blessed with the ability to be in the moment because he didn't know any of the 30 things I was going to ask him about, I just hit him. And he just, he was Ming. That's it. He just he just did his Ming thing, which I haven't had him on the show in a long time either. But, yeah, he, he, he did an excellent job with that. That was a lot of fun to do. Um, the Brothers O, that was your debut, uh, episode 45. That was your first one where, of course, you went on your first rant in, in podcast yeah. history. The whole Kane and X-Pac thing where you just, and the fact that you hated Rey Mysterio's size thing. and Oh, and yeah, I don't remember that at yeah, all. That was the one that stood out to me when you were like, yeah, let's not talk about the Mysterio thing. Him beating Kane and Big Shit was outlandish. <laughs> Which I'm sure you stand by today. 100%. Stand by those comments. <laughs> no, nope. I'm uh, dying on that hill. I'm dying, I'm dying on that and hill. And I am not shutting my Twitter off. Uh, right after you. Uh, Ariella Nix came on the show. That was fun because that was my first female guest. And we hit a lot of that shit. And the matter, as a matter of fact, later on, uh, that was not the first time I worked with Ariella on this show. She came back later on for an evolution um, uh, roundtable that I did before the big evolution pay-per-view. I had all women 
which is another first that I still to this day, unless you're a podcast where the woman is already the host, you mm-hmm. don't see women round tables. They just don't exist. So I was like, fuck that. I'm going to do one. And I brought in uh, one talent, one promoter. Oh, God, who was the other person on that? It's been a while since I've seen, since I've listened to that podcast. But it was, oh, it's, was it Steph? I can't remember now. But I, I remember that it was. I don't think Steph was on that. No, I think, actually, I remember now, as far, I don't remember who that third person was. For some reason, I'm struggling. I'll look it up. But the, uh, the idea was, is that was actually supposed to be the first episode where I wasn't on it. I remember that. Uh, I had told the ladies that we were going to be a part of a roundtable evolution thing. And it was going to be about the all-women's pay-per-view and what that means for women's wrestling and all this different stuff. And I remember I made this post right before that where I stated that I thought it was disgusting on WWE's behalf that they had an all-female show with all-female refs with a female ring announcer. but then they And they had female commentators. They had Renee Young and Beth Phoenix, and they did all of this, and then they brought in Michael Cole. And I was like, wow, that's no good. Ha, that's because they think Michael Cole, bitch. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> but I think also because they probably thought that he would be able to save the broadcast. And I just thought to myself, yeah, it was Steph. I'm looking up the pay-per-view now, that uh, the episode that I did. It was Steph, Kara, and Ariella. And I remember now that Steph was a last-minute replacement because there was another female worker that was supposed to come to my house to be a part of that roundtable. And I was going to have Steph host it in place of me, meaning I was going to stick by my word. I thought it, Michael, it was disgusting that Michael Cole was going to be on that broadcast considering the talent that was already there. All this, and they're still going to have a guy there that's dumb. So I was going to put my money where my mouth was. And I told all of them, I said, uh, Steph's going to host it. I'm going to be there physically to help Steph with that, and I'm still going to work the board, and I'm still going to work the laptop and all that stuff, but she's going to host. But you, you but you were supposed to shut the fuck up. You were supposed to shut your male mouth yeah. and let the women speak. Let the women speak. But what happened, <laughs> what ended up happening was uh, they were not in favor of that. Uh, really? The ladies were not. And the really? reason, yeah, they were not in favor of that. For two reasons. They didn't mind working with Steph. Eventually, we actually did. What they were mad about, I'm not mad about, what they what they did, didn't like about it was the fact that um, they, they liked the way that I ask questions. They liked the way that I interview. And the situation with Evolution is they put Michael Cole there. It wasn't like someone there chose or didn't choose. It was just something that they mandated was going to happen. So I was like, okay, I get that. So I guess I'll leave it up to you. Do you mind if I do it? Or do you, would you rather just have it be an all-women's thing? And they were like, no. I think your expertise in the situation is perfect for this conversation. You should do it. So I did it because they wanted me to. Because if it was up to me, it would have been completely 100% all-women. It would have been the one episode I didn't do. Right. On my own show. I would have literally given the reins to someone else to do it. But they were like, no, no, no. We think that it would be a better episode if you did it, you know, with the way that you do it and you're funny and you ask the right questions and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, all right, fine. And then Kara was worried because she's a promoter or she was at the time. So she was worried that if I asked the right question, she's going to answer it the right way is going to get her in trouble. 
Because, again, she's a woman in a man's world here. And I was like, Kara, <laughs> none of these motherfuckers pay your rent. Can you just go out there and just do whatever it is you want to do? That's what my, that's the basis of my show. Go out there and say whatever the fuck it is you want to say. I don't care what it is. Uncensored mind. That's where it came from. That was the premise from day one. We're going right, to say right. what we want to say on here. So that, and that's how that went, and it ended up working out really well. That's actually one of my favorite roundtables because it got real on that one. I mean, these women have been holding a lot of this shit back for a while because, you know, as a woman in this industry, if you speak up on anything, and we found that out during the speaking out movement well, two years after that, that, you know, doesn't matter what happens to you that's shitty. If you go around talking about it, you're going to be punished for it. And mm-hmm. I never believed in that. I never believed in that. Kara's a promoter. At the time, I was promoting. And Ariella was working for me. So I was like, I'll tell you this, you got a job with me. All of you do. So, no, don't worry about your bookings drying up. That's not how this business works. You, If you got talent, you're going to work. Being quiet about the topic is not going to get you anywhere except for frustrated. So, right. so, so tell your story. Tell your truth. If this really happened, then... Tell it like it happened. Oh, but you know you work with people too. And I don't want you to get in trouble and get the fuck it. No, well, that's the listen. That's I can understand how you feel. Don't you even for a second worry about me, boo boo. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I have a don't penis. I'm gonna me. get work. I walk. Not even that, dude. I walk around this whole world every day with with telling people straight to their face uh-huh. what the fuck it is. They go. expect it from me. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's an expectation that people have about me. You know, so yeah, so that happened with the evolution stuff. I'm working through it here. Another interview with Montequilla, which was a lot of fun. Uh, people sleep on that one. Not because it wasn't interesting, but because he's a real dude. Like, if you listen to that episode, if you listen to that podcast, he he breaks down. He's, a, he's only a few years younger than me. This motherfucker is like, his soul is 80 years old. He's just wise. <laughs> He just right. understands his fucking world. Like talking, and he was another one who was in my house. All of these interviews so far are in my house. Once we get to pandemic era, coming to my house shit came to a complete fucking stop. But uh, yeah, so that was cool. That interview was dope. Uh, you know, Ian, Ian and Michel Michel, one of my greatest Jewish friends of all time, came to my house. We did top ten WWE in your house pay per views. That was very cool. We debuted the lightning round, 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 round. Episode 79, that was the debut of that. I did a live WrestleMania roundtable. I think that was the first uh, roundtable that went live. We did a lot of cool shit back in the day. This one was hard work. This one, episode 86A, 86B, and 86C. I will never in my entire life be able to apologize to Steph and Brandon enough for that unfortunate situation. Because that was 100% my fault. I have to take all of the blame for that one. Because that was that was the night where we broke. <laughs> we almost broke night. Uh, that must have been easily four, four and a half hours, that podcast. Mm. And I could not, in good faith, put out a four or four and a half hour podcast. I don't know how some of you fuckers out there who do podcasts live with yourselves for subjecting these good and honest people to four-and-a-half-hour fucking podcasts. But I couldn't in good faith do that shit to my fellow listeners. 
Uh, so what I ended up doing, that's why they're labeled with letters. Uh, at the time, my show was being released live on Wednesdays. So what I did was is we recorded it, and then I released uh, A, B, and C. So it's I we, we did every MCU film, Phase 1, Phase 2, and Phase 3. So I released the episodes in phases. So it was like I released episode, I mean, Phase 1 on Saturday, released Phase 2 on Monday, and then I released Phase 3 on its actual release time, which would be that Wednesday. So even though it came out in the same week, we didn't fuck with the schedule. It came out in three parts. Right. Never again will I ever do anything like that because that is a trial and a half. But the fans really liked it. It was one of my highest rated episodes ever, all three of them. And believe it or not, the greatest compliment you can get is that the energy that we had in Phase 3 equaled the energy we had in phase four and let me tell you that was hard to do but god damn it we did it and it took a few pauses and we drank a lot which was another reason why i felt like the energy might have dropped because we was getting you know when you drink to a point where you're not even drunk anymore you're just tired now right we started getting toward fucking end game and we're like oh boy <laughs> it's getting, especially since captain marvel was toward the end and neither one of them enjoyed captain marvel so we were like, oh, boy. So that was a big one down there, that MCU week. God damn it. Damn it. it. That, was a, that was, it was a struggle. Struggle in a fucking half here. Uh, episode 98, I got to give the boys credit, Santana and Ortiz. Uh, they never forget their homies. Uh, they invited me down to the Homicide show, the tribute show for Homicide, where they were in the main event. And we did the interview with Santana and Ortiz. At the event. So if you listen to that episode, you'll hear the guys clear as day. The audio is great. But you hear a lot of background stuff. And the background stuff is the after party that I was invited to uh, for ham- for Homicide. And I got to record the ep- uh, the interview and then, you know, do what we do at after parties. Mm-hmm. And it was cool. And that, to me, was one of the most fun nights of my like life. Because not only did I get an interview from the Impact World Tag Team Champions at the time, which was huge for me. But after the interview, I'm hanging out with all my homies, Santana, Ortiz, San, uh, Rays, Cage, Whiplash. I mean, these are dudes that I know personally. But then other people from the business, Eddie Kingston, Joey Janela, we're all drinking beers with Homicide, Danny DeMonto. I mean, the list goes on and on. We, we, I mean, legends. This is the crowd. These are, if you had to pick an all-star game, of New York talent, if you weren't in that building, you're not an all-star. That's how that works. <laughs> and even though I wasn't booked on the show, I was invited by more than one individual. So everyone in that building looked at me like a peer. So that was like the ultimate you know, compliment for me. And I was like, all right, I'm accepted within the tribe, so to yeah. speak. Uh I'm I'm an NYC all-star. That's the way that we described it. In the building. Like, this is is the conversation we're having. Uh, Like, Kingston and Homicide, like, best friends, and this is the Homicide show. So everybody that's at this show is either friends with, cool with, or okay with Homicide. Right. And Homicide is considered the guy from New York. And everyone's here, bro, low-key. Everyone's in this building. Red, 
Everyone. <laughs> Everyone's in this building. And he said, he goes, if you're not in this building right now, you're not an all-star in New York. You're not on that level yet. So the fact that I was there to get that and share a few beers with all of them, uh, that was pretty cool. That was one of the most fun nights of my entire life. And it gave me a great opening because that was episode 98, and Ortiz was pissed because that means they were two weeks away from 100, and they weren't the 100th episode. So he opened up the interview basically doing a plug for the 100th episode, and I ended up using that as my open for the actual 100th episode. The 100th episode opening. Let me see if I can. Hold on. Is it still here? Warning. The following episode no, of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains well, maybe, maybe. AJ Orsini and his guests exclusively. I really don't give a shit. Here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, you're now listening <laughs> for the 100th episode. You heard this man speak a hundred times. Here he is. RCD, the man, the myth, the legend. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I definitely saw like they got some liquor in them. Uh, you know, we were about halfway through right there when the interview started. That's why the interview was so raw because when Santana drinks, let me tell you something. I don't want to pull the curtain too far back. But as intense as people think that Santana is in the ring, when he drinks, this motherfucker. Is a real nigga. So. <laughs> he 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 turns into a, he he turns into Scarface, bro. Like he's a real, his thug side comes out hard. So when we did the interview, when he was we we were dipping into the questions, because their gimmick pretty much an impact was that they were two dudes who are who are from New York who are Puerto Rican. That's their whole fucking gimmick. So I asked him a question about the fact that like you know because you're on national television every week with the flag and are you putting you know, that pressure on yourself to represent for your culture, to represent for the Isle of Puerto Rico. And, man, when I he was sitting almost in a slouch position. When I asked that question, he sat straight the fuck up and brought that microphone right to his motherfucking face, and he took that question and was just like, listen, this is what it is. And I'm like, God damn, mm. breaking it down. He got real on us. He got real on us. So that was some real shit. I would have thanked those guys for everything that they've done for me. Shit. Whole, my whole fucking career. We came up, our careers began almost simultaneously. And we went through the Ludus together. And a lot of my training sessions as a performer, as a wrestler, happened uh, against, believe it or not, Santana. We right. wrestled each other a lot when we were coming up through the training stuff. And I hate it when he used to hit me then. I, right now, refuse to ever be hit by him again because I see how he's hitting niggas now. And right, I'm like, right. and I'm like, no, I'm all set. You you good. You the man. Uh, I tap I'm out. Good yeah, I'm good. It? I'm all set. <laughs> I ain't got nothing to prove. Well, I got to prove. I ain't got nothing to prove. <laughs> so I'm all set with that. But no, nah, they, they've they've always kept it real. They've always kept it 100. They, they, they always, they never took their eyes off of, uh, you know, where they came from. The right. friends that they had with 2KW and the friends from the hood and all that stuff, all the friends and all the people that they had in their circle before they became international superstars are the same people in their life right now. Mm. They never forgot anybody. And they never replaced anybody. They just made new friends in the industry, but they never made the new friends and then got rid of the old ones. Blah, 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 blah. They still go over to their friend's house in the projects to watch pay-per-views 
and to drink and to hang out and all that all that shit they did before, they still do it. And that's why it's like that's why I never interviewed them again because I didn't want to come off like a mark to them because we're all still friends. So it's tough to like there's a line there and I try really hard not to cross it. I would love to interview them again and sit there, especially now with this whole inner circle thing going on. And if there's anybody who can clear up some of this AEW confusion, I guess it'd be them. But yeah. I don't know if they're willing to go that far. But we'll see. That's another reason maybe I don't ask because I don't want to get them in trouble because I'll ask them. <laughs> I'll fucking ask. I'll put them in that position. Nah. Uh, episode 109, which was the interview with the Torres family. I don't know if you ever heard that one. That's a nice one for the heart. That's, that's, that episode I consider the heart of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. That was a fan. Actually, one might consider him my very first fan before it became, you know, bigger than, than that. When we were, I was just some ring announcer in some closet somewhere in Brooklyn. He was one of the first guys that was a fan of my work. His name was Jose Tito Torres. Um, and I've met, I've met him in his personal life as well. And uh, I did this interview with his family in his house. He didn't come to my house. I went to his house. I interviewed him in his living room. And uh, he's got a family over there that's gone through a whole lot of shit. One of his kids is wheelchair-bound, a lot of medical problems. And his son, Jason, the one who's in the wheelchair, is also a fan of mine. We used to help him with the wheelchair at the shows because the building we were in didn't ha- it wasn't handicap-accessible. There no ramps, no elevators. It was steps. So some of the boys, some of the wrestlers, would go downstairs. When they found out Jose was there, They'd send some of the boys down, and they would come, and they would pick up the wheelchair with Jason in it, and we would bring him up the steps so that he can come watch the show. Damn. So there's, like, a long history between him and a lot of your guys in uh, in New York. And I just thought it'd be cool for once uh, to tell the story of a fan, not mm-hmm. so much a performer, especially one who deals with what he deals with. He has a hard time going to WWE shows, and he still goes to indie shows and stuff like that, and... You know, so it was really cool, and I was in his house and stuff. And my my son came with me. It was my son and my wife. Our kids played together while we did the interview, so it was really really cool. Uh, my most downloaded episode ever, uh, episode one fifteen. Rest in peace, Matthew Travis, one of my good friends who had passed away. He was the bicyclist that was hit at two in the morning mm-hmm. uh, by a, a, tr- a garbage truck. He was going down the wrong side of the road. Um, and he hit my boy, and, and uh, he died on sight. And uh, it shook New York City to its core because he was tight with everybody. He was dope. As a matter of fact, about two days ago was his birthday, and we were all celebrating it online and, and all this other stuff. That's one of the most real episodes you will ever hear me have. And that goes back to the vibe you were saying before about what it was like to be in the room, just me by myself. That's the only episode, I promise you guys, where I'm alone, but I'm still ripped out of my mind. I had to get super fucked to do that episode. Otherwise, I would have been a mess the whole time. It would have never Mm -hmm. gotten done. Never. It would have never gotten done. So I'm glad that we got a chance to do that. So that's just some of the older stuff. I won't go move for move here. I'm all done with that. But there's that's the beauty of 200 episodes. There's so many memories in here. Round tables and, and adding you to the show, which added a whole other dynamic. And I, ever since we added you to the show, I've just been having way more fun with it than I was before. I'm surprised I got to 160 by myself and not 
killed myself in the process. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Me too. <laughs> You're a little reluctant at first to doing do this it. shit. People have yeah. been telling you to do this shit. You should be way past. The number you're at now. Yeah, I know. If you would yeah, have did it, what late, people yeah. said. Not, That's not true. to say that, not to make it like a regret thing. More of us like, I'm just trying to say like how reluctant you were at first to even try it. So the fact that you got into it, and you were so hardcore and passionate about it, was very interesting to watch when you first started to do it too. So yeah, yeah. to the comment of the 160, yeah, I'm shocked too. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I was surprised. There were so many situations where I didn't have time to do the show. Uh, there were a couple of episodes that are an hour long where I took my equipment to work, and I did it during my lunch break. That was my hour because I had to get it in because I was so busy doing other things. Right. And as many episodes as I've done here, obviously predominantly wrestling, but there's some comic book stuff in here. There's some sports stuff in here, especially early on. I was all over the place early on. Uh, but there were so many. There's a lot of different topics in here. I haven't expanded enough. I'd like to expand a little bit more. I took that opportunity when you got on. That's when we did the high score thing. And we did some more, like with the Halloween special. We did movies with the Halloween special. We've dabbled a bit more since you've been on. Uh, and I'd like to push that a little further mm -hmm. uh, moving forward. But uh, for the most part, we've done some pretty interesting stuff on the show. I've taken some leaps. I have another cool part about you being on the show that I didn't have before. Because when I was on these shows by myself, there was a line that I had drawn in the sand where I'm like... I'm. There's only what so far I'm going to be able to go without killing myself in this business. So I'm like, let's, I want to be honest. I want to be truthful. But at the same time, I can't go around killing everybody all the time. I can. But you can. You goddamn yes. right I will, too. <laughs> That's what I was like. Because there's been some stuff said on the show by you. You don't do it anymore. But when we first started, you almost kind of put me on a leash a little bit. Okay. I don't recall no, that. I'm just commenting. You <laughs> least, no, I'm just commenting to what you said. You're right. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was a good dynamic. But after, even when I started, you were like, oh, okay, hold on a little bit. Just hold well, on. I just want to see how far we were going to go here. And the answer is as far as we damn well want to. So that's fine. I, I'm cool with it. Um, I really, like I said, the whole Orsini's uncensored mind thing is, is like you said, like a I've been asked about this show for a while now, so the fact that it's gotten this far, I think it's pretty goddamn cool. Um, next week, we're live, 8 p.m. for the 200th mm -hmm. episode. We yes. will have guests uh, oh, on yeah. there with us. Uh, so far confirmed is Pombo. No repeats. Uh, uh, one of them's a repeat, Pombo. Okay. Uh, I think actually, believe it or Mr. not, Mr. Mr. Promo, Mr. Plug himself, Mr. Plug himself, murder is bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's back on the show. I'm actually trying. Like, I'm glad you had mentioned it. Uh, I wanted to get Steven back on. Doesn't look like that's gonna happen. Uh, oh, that's scheduling, and I, and I don't think he's feeling well. Uh, if it changes, I'll let you know. But I, I gotta, I gotta prepare. I can't wait in the wings for whatever. No, we talk man. through Zoom now, so I can have he's as a, many people as I want. He's a busy man. Yeah, he is. And I told him, I said, I got a spot regardless, because it's Zoom, right? We're doing this through Zoom now, so right. I can have as many people on here as I fucking want. Right. So I told him, I said, I'm gonna find some other people, but you know, if you decide even at the last minute, like, yeah, fuck it, I'll come on, fucking pop on, bro. Always, welcome. always got a spot for Hive Mind Radio founder 
Stephen James. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm trying to also get a new voice because I'm always trying to get new voices. So we'll see. Right. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, that is next week, August 14th, and uh, we will be talking more about some stuff on the 200 show. I want to get into the GSW stuff next week because it'll be the week before. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a nice little way to plug some stuff. Plus, we'll have a live audience. So that'll be my way of plugging. And who knows? Maybe I'll tell my bosses to share the show out too, so that they can get some of that information out there. So nice little pair, extra pair of eyes. So should be good. This is episode one ninety nine. We didn't have a rundown sheet for today, and still did two hours. So how about that? Well, you didn't. You weren't really sure what we were gonna do, but oh, I had some ideas. No, 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 no. You had one idea. <laughs> and the time frame you thought you were going to get that in was very slow, was was a very small amount of time. And bulk of the bullshit we did wasn't even fucking planned. So look at that, man. Yeah. We spent 30 minutes on pocket pussies. And I want the world and to know. You know what? Honestly, That's I not feel enough like time. we robbed the world. Yeah. I just <laughs> said it. Not a, more. <laughs> that was not enough time. <laughs> gave them more content. We did not give uh, the the uh, vagina tightener gel enough time. Or no, least... no, 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 no. We gave them a taste, a snippet of what yeah. they could, what they could have. Yeah. If they just, you know, wanted to be a sponsor. Yeah. You know, and wink, if they wink. Wanted, like what they heard. We'll give them a bigger segment. How about that? Oh, yeah, there you go. Maybe a YouTube commercial. We'll get some sponsorship. We'll do a whole commercial, dude. We'll do a whole gimmick behind it. I'll get my wife involved. We'll do a whole thing. We'll be like, hey, hey, Steph, uh, when's the last time you've tightened your vagina? And then she'd just be like, whoa, it's been so long. And I'm like, I know. Here, try this new product. (laughs) Mm. I was thinking more in the lines of, hey, babe, what's the matter? Oh, nothing. Oh, you seem down today. Yeah, I just, my vagina feels really loose. Oh, oh yeah. well, as ironically, you said yeah, that because I have just the thing. Funny, <laughs> funny you should say. Maybe, oh, I got a better idea. What if we just start to shut off with her sitting at the end of the bed and you just hear this random whistling sound, right? And oh, then I, and then oh I, I see where you're going. <laughs> I like And then I come into the room and I'm just like, hey, babe, hey, what's that sound? Like, oh, that's just my vagina at the moment. Like, wait, you got yourself whistling there? You hear the ocean, sweetie? What's going on? I haven't been tightened in years. Well, I've got just the product for you. (laughs) She's so, she sounds so sad. (laughs) She's got to look sad, too. I need her to have her head down. Oh. It's just, you know, around Wednesday afternoons, my vagina just tends to get a little looser than normal. I got something for you. Oh, God. Head over to Amazon.com right now. It's available on Prime. No, fuck that. Don't buy shit. Don't buy shit until we get the sponsor, and then we'll go live. (laughs) I'm emailing them. I I want a sponsorship from them. That shit is too funny. (laughs) I'm tearing again. Fuck. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for downloading. Thank you guys for sharing. And of course, of course, thank you guys for enjoying all 199 episodes. Next week, we're live again. Mm -hmm. And I'm off to Washington, D.C. to film some shit. And I will see you guys next week. 100 episodes, now pay him. And make sure that you buy my husband's t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash A-J-O-U-N. Please, he needs this.
Listen to my daddy's show. He's the best, so I don't know.